and tackle it and go through it and study and learn. But uh, we've got a we got a couple of weeks. I'm just doing kind of uh, just what God lays on my heart. And uh, last week, and actually last two weeks, we were talking about uh, discipline and, and laying aside sin and weights that, that that so easily beset us. And 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 really, in a way, was was talking about storms of discipline. You know, there, there's times that God will put us through things because he's trying to get our attention. And, and we talked about Jonah going through uh, the discipline that he went through and the storms that he went through. And, and, and God's just kind of put this on my heart tonight uh, to talk about some different kind of storms. Uh, storms that, that, that come up in our life, not because we did something wrong, but because we were doing something right. If that makes sense, say Amen. If you need a lesson, uh, if you need a lesson, I, I think we've got, uh, do we have any more left? Raise your hand right here. Raise your hand real high if you need a lesson. I want to make sure you get one because this is one you definitely want to take home. You do not want to miss this one. Make sure they get one. Raise your hand real high if, if they need a lesson. I, I printed off a couple extra ones this time. All right. All right. There are storms, storms, financial storms. How many of y'all have ever been in a financial storm before? Listen, there, there's been storms uh, of health issues, uh, going through health problems. When you, when you go to the doctor and that doctor shakes his head and says, there's nothing else we can do, you're in a storm. Are y'all with me? Uh, there are storms that, that have to do with relationships. Uh, so many times we, we find people who are in a stormy situation. It may be in their marriage, but it may be uh, with a parent and a child relationships going through a stormy situation. And, and, and this is what we want to cover tonight, all right? Mark chapter number 4 in verse number 35. Verse number 35. If you found your spot, say amen. <clears throat> and the same day when the even was come, in other words, it done got late in the day, probably uh, right at dusk, uh, fixing to be dark. He saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a a, a great storm. You got to get that, a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship. So that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind. And he said unto the sea, Peace, what? Be still. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even, I'm going to have to stop and say amen right there too, Pop. <laughs> what manner of man is this? We, we, we've done, thought we had seen it all. When he touched blinded eyes and they could see, when he turned water into wine, when he touched the lame man and he got up and run around the building, we thought we had seen it all. But what manner of man is this? That, that the wind and the sea obey him. <laughs> Lord, please help us tonight. Please help me. 
explain it in a way that you gave it to me today. God, I pray in Jesus' name. I, I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to. I don't want to sound cocky up here, Lord. I don't. I don't. I don't. Need, I just want to step back and let you talk to us. God, use your word to encourage us. Use your word to strengthen us. Uh, Lord, use your word to correct us if necessary. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you please move in this place. Help us, Lord. Fill us with your anointing. Fill us with your power. Lord, remove any spirit, remove any attitude, remove anything from this place that will hinder the Holy Spirit from having free reign in this building. And God will thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let's go back. Let's go back. I, I, like, I like when I'm studying the Bible uh, and I come across something I want to I study or I want to look deeper into. I like going back usually and reading a chapter before and sometimes a chapter after just to kind of get a full feel of everything that's going on. And, and so let's talk about that a minute and then we'll jump into, we'll jump into the study. Uh, first, we find in chapter number three, you will find that Jesus is kind of beginning his ministry uh, and he is, he is doing some incredible things. He's healing people. He's teaching uh, uh, in, in the synagogues. He's, he's teaching and, 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 and he's really he's making people mad. I mean, he's, he's, doing, he's doing things that uh, go against the traditions of man and goes against the established religion, if you will. And, and, and when Jesus goes to move and most people to get mad are the religious people. Uh, the, 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 the whoremongers and the, and the, and the, and the drunkards and the, and, and, and the sinners, they get happy because they get fixed. Uh, but the religious crowd, they always get angry and they always get mad. So, so he's doing things. He's healing, healing people on the, on the Sabbath day and he's doing this stuff. And he, he chooses his disciples. In chapter number three, he chooses those who will walk with him. He chooses those that he will disciple and he will spend three years with and, 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 and pour his life into them and train them and develop them and teach them. And, and, and not only that, but the Bible says that there were people that were coming to him and they were coming in such a way that, that, that they were were pressing upon him. In other words, they were sick. Uh, they were people with the plague. They were people who were broken. They were people uh, who had devastating diseases. And they were coming to Jesus because Jesus could help them. Jesus could fix them. And the Bible says that he healed them all. And man, it, the crowd just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I tell you what, it's just like Mark 2. When word gets around that they can get help, you don't have to put out no flyers. You don't have to put out no memos. You don't have to tweet it out. If people know that they can get help somewhere, you'll have to build a bigger building. Say amen. Listen, they were coming to him and they were thronging upon him uh, to a point that he even uh, come to the seaside and he got out in a, in a boat and said, hey, push off a little ways and I'll just teach from the boat because if I stand there, they're going to trample me and I ain't going to, I need to be out. And he was teaching and he was doing all of these things. And, and then in chapter four begins and the Bible says, here he is, here he is teaching these people and, and, and he begins to preach the word to them. He begins to give them parables and he begins to expound unto them and teach them the word of God. And, 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 and as they go through that, the disciples are learning, they're, they're growing, and, 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 and all of this has taken place. Now, at the end of the teaching lesson, at the end of the delivery of the word of God, uh, uh, he, says, he says, let us go over unto the other side. Let us go over unto the other side. Let's get in this boat. Let's go over to the other side. We got some business over there. 
There's some things over there I need to take care of. There's some things over there I need to deal with. Because, see, if you'll go into the next chapter, if you'll go into chapter number 5, you'll find that uh, the other side was where the Gadarean was. And the Gadarean, for those of you who don't know who that was, that was the man who was naked running around in the tombs. He had demons. He was full of the devil, if you will. Are you all with me? They said, what is your name? And they said, we are, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, I don't know exactly how many demons he had, but when Jesus cast them out, there was 2,000 hogs that died. Now, I, don't, I, I know there was that many. Are you all with me? So, so here we've got a guy in chapter number 5. Here we got a guy in chapter number five that's full of the devil, that Jesus comes, and the Bible says when he comes into Jesus, he falls at Jesus' feet, and Jesus changes his life. And when the, when the city came out to see him, they found him clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know what that tells me? If you ever come to Jesus, you'll straighten your act up, you'll put your clothes on, and you'll act like somebody. Are y'all with me? So here we have in chapter number five, Jesus, and by the way, too, uh, when he did fix this demoniac, when he did fix this crazy person that, that, that Satan had a stronghold on, you got to get this, this is important. Satan, he had, a, he had a stronghold, and this it was really a representation of Satan's power because man couldn't fix him, man couldn't chain him. They, listen, they tried to chain him, and he'd break the chains. They tried to restore him. They tried to rehabilitate him, and nothing could get the job done. And this man was really a sign and a symbol of the power of the devil. Y'all with me? And after, after Jesus fixes him, he says, now you need to go tell everybody what happened to you. And he does. He begins to tell everybody, whoo, let me tell you what happened to me. Now watch, watch, watch. You got to get this. You got to get this. In chapter number three, he's healing everybody. And he's working and ministering to the point, the Bible says they didn't even have time to sit down and eat a sandwich. Read it. We couldn't, even have, we couldn't even eat. There was so much ministry to be done. There was so much ministering to take place. We didn't even have time to eat. I'm going to get back to chapter 4. And over here in chapter number 5, there was a stronghold. There was a really a, 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 a symbolic emblem of Satan's ability and Satan's power. But what happened in chapter 4? We find in chapter 4, he's going from one place of ministry to another place of ministry, Jesus. And if he is successful right here, it's going to put a big blow in the devil's business. Are y'all with me so far? I'm going somewhere. I'm just setting a table. Y'all with me? Now watch. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're talking about the storm. Four things about the storm I want you to see. Number one, I want you to see the cause of the storm. The cause of the storm. And then we'll talk about this and then we'll apply it to our life. All right? Here's some, here's some verses that I want, to, I want you to read. They, they should be in your notes right there. Uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. You looking at it? 
But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the, the God of this world, the God of this world, who he hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So Satan here is called the God of this world. Now watch. And that's a little G too, by the way. Um, Ephesians 2, 2. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, which, which, which represents authority, royalty, if you will, the prince of the power of the air. Now, this is Satan. He's been described as the God of this world. Now he's being described as the prince of the air. Y'all with me? In charge of the atmosphere, in charge of the air. Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, where? In high places. Now watch. Do y'all remember... Do y'all remember back in the book of Job? We talked about that a few Sundays ago. God and Satan had a, had a conversation going. And Satan accused God of paying people to worship him. And said, you're not worthy of worship, and the only reason people worship you is because of what you do for them and what you give them. And he said, okay, Satan, do whatever you're going to do. But don't take his life. And the Bible says he went after his finances and took everything he had. But watch, watch this verse right here. Watch this verse. His children were in a house. The Bible says in Job 1.19, And behold, there came a great wind. Who's controlling that wind? The devil. Here comes a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone. This is the servant to tell thee, Job. So here we find Satan is the prince or, or the god of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. Uh, he, is, he is spiritual wickedness in high places. We know he used a great wind to kill Job's children. Now let's put that all into this story. In chapter number 3... In chapter number three, Jesus is healing everybody. Now, let me, let, me, let me give you a little hint so you know where we're going. When you leave the doors of this church, you're going into the devil's territory. You're going into the realm of Satan. You're going into the atmosphere and the territory of the God of this world. Jesus said it this way. <laughs> On this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Are y'all with me? Every time we walk through the doors of this building, we go into enemy territory. Every time we go into the community and take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are behind enemy lines, and we're going to take back what the devil stole. Now watch. In chapter 3, Jesus is healing, Jesus is fixing, Jesus is chained. Listen, he has invaded the devil's territory. 
Chapter number four, there is a symbol of Satan's power. There is a representative of Satan's ability. There is a symbol of Satan's, his strength and his ability to control man and, and man's inability to do anything against Satan. And he, listen, he's waiting and Jesus is coming. Now watch. When Jesus was born, Satan tried to kill him. Herod heard about this king of the Jews, and he tried his best to, and by the way, I'm not going to get too much in this because i got too much outline to do, but I challenge you to go through the Bible and find all the times that Satan tried to stop God. Satan, listen, Satan was given a promise by God in Genesis when he said the seed of the woman will bruise your head. You will be defeated because there's coming someone one day who will defeat you. And from that time on, Satan has declared war on God. He's done everything he could to stop the lineage, stop the bloodline, stop the seed of man. And he's tried to destroy Jesus at his birth. Jesus was, listen, the Satan was trying to destroy Jesus. And time after time after time, Satan would influence people and try to destroy Jesus. He has to stop Jesus. If he doesn't stop Jesus, I'm in trouble. If I don't stop him, listen, that, 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 that fulfillment will take place. I've got to stop Jesus. Jesus is healing and changing and invading the devil's territory. In chapter 3, there's a huge symbol of Satan's power. In chapter number 5, and Jesus said, fellas, let's get in this boat we got to go to the other side. And Satan says, oh, no, you don't. The prince of the power of the air. Watch, watch. The Bible says, when Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. When they sent the multitude away, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him little ships. And there arose a great storm of what wind don't you see number one the cause of the storm a and b write this down and we'll talk about it the cause of the storm why were these disciples in the storm two things proximity to the master And participation in the ministry. You say, what what does that mean? That means this. They were not raising Cain. They were not cheating, lying, stealing. They were not in the storm because they did something wrong. They were in the storm because they were doing something right. Preacher, I don't want to be in the storm. You better stay away from Jesus. Because it was their proximity to the master that put them in the, somebody say amen. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If you sell out to Jesus, you're going to face storms in your life. 
If you commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I promise you, I promise you on the authority of the Word of God that you will face dangerous times. You will face storms in your life. You will go through things you don't understand simply because you're following the Lord. The Bible says this, that we will face tribulation. We will face difficulty. We will face hardships. We will face sorrowful things. But thanks be to God, everything's going to be all right when you're riding with Jesus. Listen, it was their closeness. It was, it was their obedience that led them into the path of the storm. Now, there's so much more we're going to get into that's going to bless you, but, but please get this. Please get this because there's so many people that has in their mindset, I'm going, what have I done wrong? Nothing. Nothing. Because if you had done something wrong, he would tell you. And don't go around and say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, you do. If you did something wrong, you do. Are y'all with me? But if not, just trust that Jesus knows what he's doing. Don't be surprised. Peter said it this way. Why are you surprised when, when the fiery darts are coming? Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when things get hard. Don't be surprised when things get rough. Don't be surprised when this world hates you. Jesus said, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Y'all with me? What caused the storm? They were serving God. They were ministering. Check this out. I believe if you read this, uh, Jesus was wore out. We know, we, we, we know he gets tired. He's asleep in the boat. He's, he's, he's exhausted. Can you, see, can you see him ministering all day? They don't even have time to take a break. They don't even have time to eat lunch. And I mean, he's constantly ministering to people and serving people and healing people and touching people and blessing people and teaching and exhorting. I tell you what, he had multiple services. Say amen. amen. And I can tell you this, that's tough. And so here he is. And the Bible says they carried him just as he was. Come on, Jesus. Come on. We got your seat right over here. We'll handle the multitude. You just come right on here and rest a minute. Read it. It's there. I'm not, I'm not embellishing this. Jesus got weary. He sat at the well. He got thirsty. He said, well, you know, he's, he's sound asleep in the boat. I mean, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be sound asleep in a in a hurricane if you ain't tired. <laughs> Y'all with me? Amen. And here these disciples are. They're just ministering to Jesus. They're serving Jesus. They're doing everything they can to be good to Jesus. And you know what it got them? In the path of a storm. But that's encouraging. It's encouraging. I know y'all thinking, what? <laughs> it means you're probably doing something right. You're probably doing what you're supposed to be doing. They were right smack dab in the will of God when they were in a great storm. And that word great is important. This was not a sprinkle. It was a great storm to the point the boat was filled with water. 
was a great storm. Not because they were doing something wrong, but because they were doing something right. Number two, don't you see, don't you see the chaos in the storm? The chaos in the storm. Listen, we go through stuff in life. When, when, when things start happening, you, 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 just, you just spent that money to pay this bill and, and, and you don't have it, and now all of a sudden the transmission goes out. You go to the doctor expecting just to say, hey, everything's good with your checkup, and they give you bad news. Listen, it's just a normal day. It seems like everything is, is going right, and you say the wrong word. It sets off something, or they say the wrong word, and here you're in a knockdown, drag out, and you're in a fight of your life, and what in the world? And Satan is just stirring things up. Not because you did wrong, not because your husband's crazy, not because she's lost her mind. It's because Satan's. It's, it's getting real up in here, ain't it? And see, what we do is we get angry at the people around us when it could be Satan's just. I'll prove it in just a minute. Point three is going to be good. <laughs> the chaos in the storm. It's, it's, listen, the wind is blowing. And the wind causes the waves to get up, and it causes a disturbance on the water. And now the waves are crashing into the boat to the point that the boat is completely full. And the Bible says it causes fear. It causes fear in the disciples. They come to him. They come to him in verse number, verse number uh, 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they wake him. And saying to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They literally thought they were going to die. Now, you see, these, some of these gentlemen were sailors. They were, they were experienced maritime men. These were, not, these were not rookies. These were people who had been in storms before. These were people who had been out on that sea before. These were people who had been in situations like that before and come through it. But now, this is the worst one they'd ever been through, and they thought they were going to die. Have you ever been in such a storm that you didn't think you was going to make it? Maybe you're in a storm right now that you think this marriage is not going to make it through this. This ministry is never going to come out of this. Me and my children, this is ne it's never going to be the same. This financial hole that we're in, this financial mess that we're in, uh, there's no way in this world we're going to get out of it. This, this physical uh, situation that I have, the doctor said it's too late. Uh, listen, it's too, it's too far. It's over with. It creates fear. I looked up the word. I looked up the word fear. Fear means an anticipation of evil or danger. It's not the danger itself. It's not the evil itself. It's the anticipation of it. It's kind of like that saying. It's kind of like that saying that the, that, that, that the fear of death is worse than death itself. 
In other words, how many of y'all was at home and, and your mother told you when your daddy gets home? And, and that, that four hours spent, now, if you didn't have one like mine, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you had time out, you don't have no, no clue what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but if your father had a belt that wide and that long, oh, yeah. how many of y'all know what this means right here? And you hear, <laughs> y'all know what that sound is? That's that belt coming out them loops. When your father gets home, I'm going to tell him how stupid you've been today. And so now you got a four-hour span. And the whipping only lasts for a short time, but here you are six hours waiting on your death to come. That's all fear is. Fear is the anticipation that something bad is going to happen. And do you know do you know that the, the experts say, people have studied all this out, that, that, that 97% of the things we fear are imaginary or never take place? Why do you think, why do you think the Bible says in Philippians, it says, uh, be, 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 be careful for nothing. The word careful means anxious. It means don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep, which means to guard, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. And then later on it says this, and whatsoever things are true. It started with that one. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, and that whole list there, and at the end of it says, think on these things. Focus on these things. What is he saying? Don't focus on what you do not know to be true because all that does is create fear. You're anticipating that something bad is going to take place and it causes fear and fear will paralyze you. And this storm causes fear. Listen, we don't do things because of fear. We don't step out in the ministry because of fear. We, we, we will not try things because of fear. We won't do what God tells us to do because of fear. And we are hindered in the work of God because of fear. This chaos, the storm, it, 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 it produces fear. It produces fear in the sailors. And, and then, then this is the worst part. It produces frustration with the Savior. They get frustrated with God. What are you doing? Can't you see the waves? What are you, what are you, what are you doing asleep? We're going to die. And the worst part about it, don't you even care? Now, now, before we get too hard on the disciples, has it ever crossed your mind in the middle of your storm? Does he care? When you're sitting in the, in, the, in, the, in the bankruptcy lawyer's office losing everything, does God even care? When, when the x-rays come back, you think, does he care? When, 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 when the, the marriage is falling apart and you're doing everything you know to do and you don't know what else to do, you're thinking, God, don't you care? Don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care what I'm feeling? Don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? We're dying, don't you care? Listen, the, the water's coming in, don't you care? The wind is blowing, don't you care? Hey, we've been serving you, and we've been following you, and we've been obedient to you. What else do we need to do? Don't you care? 
hadn't been running around. We hadn't been carrying on. We've just been doing what you told us to do. Don't, don't you care? Now, how many of us in here can relate to that? Don't you care? Their fear caused frustration. I'm telling you, it's real easy to get frustrated with God. When God don't do it the way we think he needs to do it. And when God doesn't do it when we think he needs to do it. If you had been here, my brother had not died. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a case of what. It was a case of when. Can you imagine? Can you imagine in, in, in Mary and Martha's mind as they had seen him heal the blind, as they had seen him heal the lame, as they spent uh, multiple times in the Lord's presence and, and they were, oh, oh, goodness gracious, this is great. They ministered to him like probably nobody else did. When Jesus was in town, he stayed with them. These were some of his best friends. When they sent a servant to Jesus, this is what they said. The one that you love, your good buddy, is sick. And Jesus says, we're going to hang out a little while. And the frustration in Mary and Martha was this. You did it for everybody else. but you came late to us. Frustration. And I'm not going to preach the rest of that. Y'all know he got up. Because if I get over there, we're going to get hung up. We ain't never going to get out of here. Amen. But how many of y'all can understand the frustration in their voices? Don't you care? Don't you care? You know, when... How many of y'all know this? When you get, when you get scared, you, you, you do some crazy stuff. Think things you wouldn't normally think. You do things you wouldn't normally do. Uh, I have a problem. This, it's, it's a Carter curse uh, that's been passed down from generation to generation. That when we get afraid, we get angry. I mean, literally. Uh, we, we, we've had situations, I remember when Becca was a little old bitty thing and I was supposed to be watching her, I wasn't paying attention and she walked out of the yard onto the street and this car was coming, it slid sideways about in the ditch and, 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 and he did everything he could right and he was, man, scared him to death and I was ready to drag him out of the car and explain it to him. <laughs> and I was the one in the wrong, he was in the right. But that fear, it just causes Tammy and and, and my mom was in the kitchen one day, and she had uh, her, 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 her robe on, and, and it kind of like it was one of them furry things, you know, and it, it was hanging down. She was cooking, and it caught on fire, and they're in there screaming, ah, on fire, on fire, you know. <laughs> and I come in, and, and, and I'm saying, my wife's on fire, man. So I start hollering, hey, get in and put your hand in the sink, man. What's wrong? And you, you're I'm on fire, you're hollering at me. I mean, I didn't mean to. It's fear. Matter of fact, I'm in trouble when I go home tonight. 
She finally shows up on the front row. Amen. Now I'm in trouble. Frustrated. Frustrated. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? We go to blaming God. We get angry. We get, we get when we're fearful, we begin to think things that's not legitimate. It's just not real. And see, this is Satan's ploy. This is the way he works. This is the way he works. He wants to get us to doubt God. He did it with Eve in the garden. He said, yeah, yes, God said. He's trying to get man to doubt God. He's here stirring this storm up. And listen, he's being successful because now they're doubting whether Jesus even cares about him or not. The chaos in the storm. Then don't you see number three? Oh, we got plenty of time. <laughs> to dig this hole even deeper. Amen. <laughs> Number three, what was number one? Give me number one. Everybody say it. Number one? The cause of the storm. Number two, the, the chaos in the storm. Fear in the sailors. Frustration with the Savior. Then, then I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Number, number three, I want you to see the calming of the storm. And this is the cool part. Good, gracious, alive when I seen this. He gets up. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Now think about this. Think about this. <clears throat> you got to get this. It is, the wind is blowing a gale. I mean, it's, 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 it's hurricane. It's a hurricane. It's incredible. I don't know if you know that. It's, it's real loud. And Jesus is... Not only that, but the ship is now full of water. How do you sleep when you're not only in a gale force hurricane wind, but now you got water all over you and around you while you're trying to sleep? But Jesus... The wind didn't phase him. The water didn't bother him. The two very things that was wigging them disciples out. In other words, everything that causes you to be frustrated, causes you to be afraid, it causes you to fear. Ain't no thing to the master of the sea. But, but watch. The wind didn't wake him. The water didn't wake him. But one of his children cries out to him. Five of y'all should have cut a lap right there. When just one of his children said, help. Watch what he does. This is so good. Gets up to that bow. And they're watching. 
And, and, and this, is how you, this is how you got to read it. You've got two things going on. The wind <clears throat> and the waves. Say it with me. The wind and the waves. Now watch this. Now I grew up on the ocean. I grew up on the ocean. Travis, you grew up with, with, with in the same area. Now when you're on the ocean and there is no wind whatsoever, zero wind, do you know what the ocean is? Slick as glass. But it's the wind that causes the waves. You see, the wind is the cause. The waves are the effect. I know you ain't getting it yet, but I know where I'm going. <laughs> Who is the power of the air? Satan. The waves are just responding to the action of the wind. You see, Satan will go to interfering in your marriage, interfering in your life, interfering in your health, interfering in your finances, and they will respond to his activity. Y'all with me? And Jesus responds differently to each one. Watch. Watch. He stands up and he looks at the wind. What is the word used? Nope. What does it say? You got your Bible? What did he do? He rebuked. If you look up the word rebuked, it means stop. Get back. That's what the word means. Stop. Get back. Be still literally means cause to be quiet or to muzzle. Watch, 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 watch. It's in your notes. You ain't got to write nothing down. Look at me. Look at me. Watch this. Watch this. The wind is the activity of Satan. You all with me? The waves is the response or the effect of the activity of Satan. When it comes to the activity of Satan in our life, God says, stop. Get back. And then he turns around to the waves and says, Shh. calm down. It's going to be all right. Watch. Watch. Let me read it. Let me read it. Watch this. In our situations, this is the way I want you to see this. you got to get this in your head. In our situations, often there is the thing that is causing the problem. That's Satan. That's the wind. Separately, there are the resulting circumstances that are troubling us. For instance, intense worry and anxiety may be the circumstances and the loss of the job, that's just Satan, may be the cause. Or smoldering anger may be our circumstances and a broken relationship may be the cause. It is important to know that God can help us with our circumstances 
as well as our original problem, in these cases, financial instability and a relationship in need of redemption, it is important as we see the two distinct actions that Jesus makes that we understand that God can deal with both what created our problem and the difficult circumstances that come as a result. Now watch, watch. In other words, Satan whispers in my ear. Satan whispers in my ear. He's trying to stir up a storm in my, my, my marriage, in my relationship. She don't care about you. So here I am listening to the lies of Satan, and then I respond to her by what he's stirring up in my life. You don't care. And it starts an argument. Now we have a full-blown storm. And Jesus has the power. Jesus has the ability. He will step into your storm, and he will say, stop to the devil. And he will look at your circumstances, and he'll say, What am I saying? I'm saying he can not only stop what's causing it, he will fix what it caused. Are y'all getting this? I hope so because we will start over. Are y'all with me? Here the devil's trying to stop what's going on. He's causing fear. He's causing anxiety. He's causing frustration and and. <laughs> I'm so glad Jesus can overrule the God of this world. Now watch this. This is so cool too. <clears throat> All right, Travis, what verses? Uh, you got your Bible open. It says, and there arose a great, in, in, in the beginning when it started, there arose a great. All right, read that part real, real, real loud so everybody can hear you. What kind of storm? Great. Say it again. Great. Everybody say it. Great. Great. That's what the devil will do. Now read. Now read after he, he told the waves to shh. And there was a. Tonight would be great. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and there was a great. There was a great. The devil may have the ability to cause a great storm, but Jesus has the ability to bring a great Amen. It ain't over. It ain't over. Stop. Stop. Because this is the most important part. This is the most important part. You see, there's some correction after the storm. There's some correction after the storm. I, I wanted to stop. I wanted to stop at the great calm because God knows we need that in our society, don't we? Amen. How many of y'all could use some of that in your marriages, in your finances, in your relationships, in your health, amen? But Jesus turns around. And, and can you imagine? Can you imagine these guys? And he asks two questions. Two questions. He says, why, why are you so fearful? Why, why were you afraid? I looked up fear a lot in the Bible and, and afraid in the Bible. 
The first time we find afraid is when, is when Adam sinned in the garden. And God came looking for him. And he hid from God. And God said, why'd you hide from me? He says, I was afraid. You see, sin causes fear. God does not give the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Now watch what he says. He ties these two questions. They're two different questions, but he ties them together. Why were you so fearful? Why are you of such little faith? How is it? See, the way I read this is Jesus trying to figure out, really? How is it that you had no faith? How is it that you had no faith? So why, why do you think his response was that way? Because he had just spent tons of hours giving them the word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So in this correction, I want you to see this. This, this storm, all it did was reveal their faith. It revealed their lack of faith. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. When you're in the middle of a storm and you're about to wig out and you're, you're just totally frustrated with God and you're totally frustrated with your situation, all that is saying is that you truly don't have faith in God. And, and, and you see, this is, this is the way I read this. Jesus really expected them to have more faith. You see, he had just spent all this time teaching, all this time delivering the word of God to them. And when he does that, he expects growth. So he allowed a test. Did Jesus know this storm was coming? Absolutely. Then why did he allow it? Because they needed to see where they were. Why? Does God want to see what's in me? He knows what's in you. But you don't know what's in you. Not till it's tested. You see, this is what you got to get. You don't come in here for the purpose of entertainment. You come in here for the purpose of growth and development. And you receive the word in here. And then when you go out those doors, God's going to let you go through circumstances and storms to see if the Word's gotten in you. And this, he says, really? You see, the storm just revealed their unbelief. And if we're wigging out, then we got a faith problem, not a God problem. A faith problem. Preacher, what do I do? We need to get in that book. There's only one thing the Bible says. Faith cometh by and hearing by. Y'all with me? Now watch. This is the cool part. He revealed their faith. But then he refocused their fear. He refocused their fear. Now watch. Watch. In the storm, they feared 
the wind. And they feared the waves. But when class was over, look in verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? What's the point? When you get to the place in your life that you fear the Savior, you'll never again fear the storm. You see, the fear that is talked about earlier in the verses is a different fear. If you'll, if you'll look it up in your concordance, it's a different fear that's said right here, an exceeding fear. In other words, there was a great reverence now for the Savior. He not only can heal sick people, even the wind and the waves obey. So ladies and gentlemen, just tell me, what do you have to be afraid of? What storm are you going through in your life right now? That you need to get your eyes off of and you need to refocus your attention not on the storm, but on the Savior riding with you. Because riding with Jesus doesn't make you exempt to the storm. But it gives you an opportunity to see what he can do in the midst of it. I guarantee you, if you ask him, old boys, if you ask him, old boys, would you go through that again to see it? I guarantee you I would. It was rough, but boy, you should have seen it when he said, stop. And he looked at my life circumstances and said, shh. Some of you need him to tell the devil to get off your back, don't he? Some of you, the devil's hounding you and he's in your life doing this right here. And you need to swallow your pride and everything else and don't worry about what nobody in this building thinks or says or worries about if you come to the altar and say, God, help me. And, 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 and when you do, he's going to say, Satan, stop. And then he's going to look at the circumstances in your life and he's going to go, kind of like this you know it's an amazing thing to watch a mama with her baby everybody in the world can try to comfort that baby I know I, I, I had four of these and they could be just screaming their head off I can't do nothing with them hand them off and she'll put them in her arms and she'll do this You know, some of y'all today, you need God to wrap his arms around you and go, Shh. I know you're afraid, but Shh. I know you don't understand, but Shh. 
I know you, you, you can't figure this out right now and you don't know what's going on and you, 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 you're worried to death and you're afraid, but shh, it's okay. It's okay. Every head bowed, every eye closed. He's waiting. I promise you Jesus is wide awake. Do you need to come and tell him your issues? Do you need to come and tell him your problems? I want to invite you right now. We got time on the clock. Come, come and find a place in this altar and just tell him. Real soft, real soft. Turn that down some. Real soft. Come tell him your problems. Come tell him your issues. Come tell him. The Bible says, casting all your cares. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Give him your problems. Give him your burdens. It may be a financial issue. It may be a physical issue. It may be a, a problem with your children. It may be a problem with your parents. It may be a problem with your spouses. We've got people up here with, with, with Bibles. Be glad to take a Bible and pray with you. All you got to do is let us know. Say, preacher, I don't want to come to the front. Well, hey, listen, pray right where you are. Pray right where you are. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Brother Travis, if you'll come grab a microphone. And I want you to pray for us. If you can get him a microphone. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Peter said, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. He careth for you. It matters to him whether you're sad. It matters to him whether you're afraid. It matters to him whether you're troubled. Just tell him all about it. Brother Travis, help us as we pray. Dear Lord, thank you for tonight and for your goodness to us. Lord, I sense that you're just holding a lot of us right now. And Lord, as you're holding us, I pray, Lord, that we could hear your 